the choice to spread love in a world full of pain. The generation willing to be a light in darkness. The selfless desire to serve humanity. The purpose fueled with passion to make a difference. This is Madcasters, the ultimate guide you need to impact the world. What's going on, everyone? This is your host, Brian St. Louis, and I'm here to connect you to impact leaders across the globe who strive to make a difference in their communities and the world. As you listen to these gripping stories and endeavors from inspirational people and organizations, you will gain the confidence to implement strategies to make a difference not only in your personal life, but to impact humanity around you. Please subscribe to Madcasters on your favorite podcast platform. Follow us on Instagram. Support through Patreon. Together, let's make a difference and change the world. Hello, everyone. We're so happy to have with us today our special guest, Ashley Stone, and she is the creator of the Village app. And man, when I tell you that I've had the opportunity actually to to speak with Ashley from before, um, but being able to understand her vision, being able to see what this app can do to really help build communities back together. I mean, if you want to look at the term, the village Remember, guys, it takes a village. And so this app is here to bring the village back. And so thank you so much, Ashley, for coming on to Madcasters and being a part of our podcast. Thank you so much for having me. We really appreciate it. Absolutely. Why don't you kind of tell us a little bit more about who you are, Ashley, uh, before you even created this app and, and everything that brought you to this place of needing to to create this for not just yourself, but for the world? Yeah, for sure. I'd love to tell that story. So um, I grew up in a sort of small town um, in Vernon, BC in Canada. And I actually come from a long line of entrepreneurs. Uh, my mom and dad are entrepreneurs. My brother's an entrepreneur. My grandmas and grandpas, they have always uh, been in that lifestyle. So I mm. often was... Um, a kid who spent a lot of time watching this happen, right? Watching what mm. it took to be an entrepreneur. And my parents were very focused on their careers, which didn't leave a lot of time for socialization. So there wasn't a lot of, you know, just going to a friend's house after school. There wasn't a lot of, you know, people just casually dropping by. Anything that we ever did was very planned. So if, a friend was coming over, it was going to be at this time. And especially if it was my parents' friends, it was like a whole day ordeal to have someone in into your house. It was always very formal. And right. yeah, and so I never really got that sense of that like casual community. And mm-hmm. um, I also uh, went to a French immersion school, which meant I was out of catchment. So where we lived was never around other kids. It was never around. So I was kind of 
spent a lot of time alone, even though I had an older brother. Mm -hmm. I He was five years older than me. And so he was always off doing his own thing. So my parents were working these long hours. My brother was off doing his own thing. And so I was kind of just trapped in between. And I would spend long hours um, at my parents' office and left to my own devices, Mm. which at the time didn't feel very fun. But I think in retrospect (laughs) has actually um, is why I'm creative and why I kind of am a self-starter because I didn't have anybody to entertain me. So I had to find my my Mm. own entertainment. And so growing up in this environment and, and never really feeling like we were part of any one community. Uh, we did go to church on Sundays, but it wasn't a frequent thing. It was most Sundays, but it was like we were mm-hmm. just going to church and then we'd go home. We wouldn't do any social activities with the church. And so I'd be dropped gotcha. off at Sunday school and all these kids would know each other. And I just always felt like uh, as an outsider kind of with that. Mm-hmm. And then again, with school, my friends, some of them lived in the neighborhood or had other activities. And there I was, you know, being picked up and brought to my parents' office and to watch them work, essentially. So as Mm. I grew up, I um, realized I didn't want to be an entrepreneur. I didn't want to be one at all. Mm. (laughs) It uh, it (laughs) looked like a lot of work. And I just essentially wanted to do my job and go home and be with my family and then repeat and not have any of that mm. overhead and worrying about the employees and the paying and all that kind of stuff. So I yeah, uh, actually right out of high school uh, became a nurse. I have a love for children and originally entered uh, nursing school to become a pediatric nurse. Um, within um, doing my nursing studies, I found a real love for maternity nursing. I didn't even know, like think mm. that that was a possibility And I just fell in love with these like new moms and their babies. And it just Mm -hmm. like these teeny tiny little babies that were just so cute. And I never knew that these Mm -hmm. babies could ever be so small. And so, yeah, that's what uh, my career path kind of took me on. And then I kind of stumbled into being a public health nurse as well. They um, needed some additional nurses similar to what's going on right now with the pandemic. Um, It was during the H1N1 um, epidemic. Mm -hmm. And they need a lot of extra nurses to do vaccines. And so I just kind of stumbled into that. She said, sure, I'll do some vaccines. And they, um, the people who work there said, you know what, do you want to train as like a a public health nurse? I'm like, sure. Like I'm just taking these opportunities, not really knowing like Mm -hmm. where they're leading and actually the opportunity that was at the time, because it's actually very rare for them to offer you that. Um, And it's like a six week Mm -hmm. training program. And so I was like, sure, I'll do that. And um, fast forward um, a few years later, I got married, I had kids, and my son at the time was almost five, and my daughter was almost two, and we had just moved into a new house, and it was lovely. We were, we had our family, we had our careers, everything was great. And then uh, I was surprised with a third pregnancy, and. Mm-hmm. We weren't you, we, we weren't planning on it, but, you know, welcome with open arms. And we had just moved into a new house that had extra bedrooms. So we're like, that's totally fine. We'll get used Sweet to it. Yeah, yeah, we'll get used to that idea. Um, but then the real surprise came when we found out it was twins. And oh, mercy. <laughs> <laughs> so I it was about to inadvertently essentially double my family. Right. And, mm. you know, you can handle one kid, you can handle two, three, you're like, ah, this is gonna be difficult. And four, you're like, somebody help me. Right? right. <laughs> and you have a beautiful family, by the way, I saw some pictures of your Yeah, you got a very beautiful family. Thank you. I appreciate <laughs> that. So 
you know, I, I went um, back to, I was working as a nurse at the time and obviously news started to leak out about uh, my mm-hmm. situation. And I would mm-hmm. jokingly say to people, you know, if you want to help me, like I'm going to need the help. And people would be like, yeah, totally. Like after the twins are born, like, let me know what you need. Um, some people were definitely, mm-hmm. I feel just being a bit polite. Um, some people were definitely like, give me your number. These are the dates I'm free. We're like all on it. And so I was like, okay, like, sure. Like this feels weird to me to accept help. It feels weird to ask for it. And Mm -hmm. it really feels weird to accept it. And I was kind of doing it in a a joking manner at the time, but then people actually were like, yeah, like, just, just let me know. And, um, before the boys were born, I had friends starting to like stock my freezer, um, with meals because that's all I wanted. I was like, I don't need another onesie. I need meals. (laughs) <laughs> and yeah, yeah I, I need that kind, that kind of help. And so our uh, identical twin boys were born on April Fool's Day, which was just the perfect day for them to be born. <laughs> and um, I had an influx like anybody who has a new baby does. It's an influx of, you know, let me know how I can help. Uh, I'd love to help you. Yeah. People dropping off meals. Um, and And that was great. But I didn't really need help at that time. I had a bunch of family support. My husband was home full time. Mm -hmm. And so texting a friend back and forth, she was like, Oh, like, how are you hanging in? I was like, I'm like, I'm good right now. Like I have full support right now. But my husband I knew was uh, scheduled to leave for work when the boys were just a month old. And I was like, I'm going Mm -hmm. to need help at that point. And she's like, okay, for sure. Like, let me know. I I will definitely help you. And I was like, that's great. But like, how am I going to coordinate this with you? You know, and these Mm -hmm. 20 other people who also want to help me, how am I going to, you know, reach out to you in a way that is easy, because I can't sit and text everybody every day, in a way that makes me not feel like I'm cornering them, because I often feel that when asking for help, especially if you're like, targeting Mm -hmm. one particular person, and then they can't help you. Um, And in a way that they feel comfortable answering that that call as well so they feel like they're not obligated you know to help so I kind of looked for an app essentially to solve this problem I couldn't find anything and I started thinking about because I'm a nurse and because I work casually I get shift call outs so these shift call outs are essentially Mm -hmm. text messages that go to my phone it tells me like the ward I need to be on the day and the time they don't tell me that, you know, they're short staffed or that there's too many patients or whatever. They just tell me that I need to be there and at what time and what task needs to be done. And I was like, what if there was something like that for like new moms? What if there was something like that for, mm-hmm. for anybody who, who needed help? And so this, this idea started like marinating with me, but of course I had newborn twins, so I couldn't uh, do a whole lot with it, but I just, I just couldn't get it out of my head. And and in the circles that I was a part of and looking back on, you know, working as a public health nurse and the people who would walk into my office, you know, like mm-hmm. this is a real need. Like people um, not only need help, but people genuinely want to help as well. They mm-hmm. just don't. It's that connection part in between of getting those two groups of people together that works in a way for, for both parties, because there was definitely times where mm-hmm. where I asked for help just via text message. And that person couldn't help me. And I was like, okay, on to the next person. And after three people can't help you, you kind of just say, okay, forget about it. Um, That's true. And then I did post it on social media a couple of times. And this was my real push, I think, to, to start Village. Because I think there's a misconception that people think nobody actually wants to help me. If I ask, nobody actually will mm-hmm. say yes. Mm-hmm. And so I put an SOS on um, social media because mm. – 
I had to take my son to an appointment. He was um, in kindergarten and being uh, assessed for autism and ADHD. And so I had mm-hmm. a whole bunch of appointments to take him to. And I couldn't fathom bringing four kids into this tiny little office and, right. you know, getting what I needed out of that appointment. Because these appointments with these specialists are, we wait months for them and they're few and far between. So I needed to have full focus. So I was like, how can I manage this? Um, when, you know, uh, my family's working full time and, mm-hmm. um, my husband's out of town, how am I going to handle this? And I was like, well, I need help. So I'm just going to put it out there. And so I actually just put like the, I think the heading was SOS and this is what I need. And although not a lot of people were available, a lot of people commented saying like, if I could, I would, um, I have this, if like this going on that day, if it was another day, I would help you. But then someone did answer and someone did show up and it was a friend that I would have never thought of asking it was a friend that I hadn't seen Mm. in years um and she showed up and it was amazing I was like you just showed up because Mm. I asked like that's all I had to do was just ask yeah and so I was like okay maybe that was a fluke you know people felt bad for me um and then an issue with swimming lessons came up I needed to Mm -hmm. take um the boys to swimming lessons and you can't take twins to swimming lessons alone so I was like I could skip the swimming lessons or I could try this asking thing again. And so I put out this ask again and um, a coworker of mine with her two daughters showed up and not only did they help me in the pool, they helped, you know, the rest of my kids get ready. They, you know, helped me get in the car. And I was like, this is fantastic. And they were so gracious about it. And so nonchalant that it made me feel like this asking for help is there's something to it. And, mm-hmm. and, um, yeah, so there was a problem though, is, you know, you're like, well, why not just keep posting on social media? Uh, it took a lot of, well, yeah. it took a lot of vulnerability for me to post something cause you don't have control over who sees it. So I have people, you know, who I might not want to know that I'm having these difficulties. Um, it gets, it gets posted there for everyone to see. And in another way, you don't have a choice because it doesn't get shown. The algorithm is in charge of what posts get shown to who. So I would get messages like three days later saying, hey, I just saw your post now. I really hope that you got the help. And I was like, okay, so this isn't working because it's dependent on somebody scrolling through, having um, the availability of, of mm-hmm. at that time and you know wanting to do it. So I was like, okay, like I need to think of something. And so I started um, kind of gathering these ideas. And in January 2020, I got really serious about, you know, building this business. I was like, I can't say no. There's too many signs out there that are telling me that Mm -hmm. I need to do this. And so I built kind of a quasi business plan and these quasi wireframes of what I wanted the app to look like and do. And I started going around to different development companies in our local area because I was like, I don't know how much it costs to build an app. And it's a lot of money. Right. It's like between $75,000 and $150,000 to build a basic app. So, Are you serious right yes. now? Yes. I did not know that. That's crazy. I did not know those numbers at all. Yeah. It's, it, it, wow. it's insane. So I was like, well, obviously, I don't have that kind of money. Obviously, I don't want to borrow yeah. that kind of money and put my family into that kind of. So I'm going to have to go out and raise that money. And so mm-hmm. but before I did any of that, I needed to get quotes to be like, is this is seventy five thousand dollars a good amount or is that being over or under under quoted? And in doing that, I met one development team and they're not just developers. They're kind of a full service 
Um, you know, they have marketing mm-hmm. and business analysis and all that. And they loved my idea so much that they said, you know what, we will partner with you. We will build it for wow. you. Um, we want X amount of equity, but let's do this together. And I was like, there, wow. there that ask is again. I put that ask out there, there you go. and it got answered. And so that's what we've been doing. Be <laughs> yes. That's real. Yeah. And, and wow. so that's what we've been essentially working on um, since, you know, July um, 2020, just really, you know, trying to figure out what this is. What are we trying to build? Who are we trying to build this for? Um, what are the features that we want in our first version? And so what we've mm-hmm. kind of decided is we have that request and offer um, features. So it's notification based. So nobody has to be scrolling on the app. There's no comment section. There's no like buttons. There's no posting of pictures. There's no sucking you in. We like to say that we're, mm. we're the app to get you off your phone. We're simply the tool to connect you to your people and then put your phone down and go connect with those people. And I like that. Yeah. So people send out a request. It gets sent out to um, a, what we call curated circle. So you might have mm-hmm. 50 contacts in your village, but only 10 are your babysitters. 10 are your like strong guys who are going to help uh, move things. You know, five are people that would get groceries for you. And so whenever you have like a specific mm-hmm. task, it only gets sent to that specific circle. So uh, if I have a babysitting need, mm-hmm. only my babysitters are getting that um, that request out. And the notification. Yeah, yeah, and then they all get that notification. And whenever it's answered, then it, it comes down off the active request off your dashboard. And it is everybody's notified that, oh, Ashley got help that day. So, oh, yeah, wow. and, and there's no group messaging either because that's what I found as well. Super annoying is you hop on a group message and all of a sudden it gets – off tangent, you know, goes off on a tangent and people yeah. are, you know, pinging your phone and it's lighting up and, and you are so far away from that. You just wanted to ask for something or, or just let one to let mm-hmm. your friends know you were going to the park. And if anyone wanted to join. Um, so, yeah, so we have the requests and offers because um, I do think that there's um, value in, in offering help as well. Right. We don't want people just to mm-hmm. constantly be asking um, for help. And then we also have a friend finder and nearby neighbor feature because we know that not everybody has a support network nearby. And there's a lot of um, value in, in hyper locality. So even though, you know, a friend would help me, I can't ask her to come half an hour across town to watch my kids for 10 minutes while I go out to go get milk or something like that. So, mm-hmm. but you know what, a neighbor who lives across the street, that would make sense. So how can I get to know my neighbors? How can I build those relationships with my neighbors? And I have lived in this um, area for three years. And I honestly just went one neighbor today, like that, like two doors down. Mm-hmm. I just met her like na- for her name today. And I was like, I see you. And we've never actually talked. And, and now we've started that connection. But those connections are so slow. It took three years. It took three years for me to know that neighbor. Right. And and so we're trying to, you know, amp up those connections and people get a little bit nervous, I think, about like, oh, like, you know, there's strange people out there there. You don't know what people are doing. And I was like, regardless, if you know these people or not, they're still your neighbors. So you might as well know Mm -hmm. them. And our message is never, you know, just invite strangers into your home. Our message is get to know them, have a conversation, maybe go for a walk with them, get to know the type of people they are. And then invite them to be a part of your village and invite them to be called upon if you you need help. And I think there's a lot of, you know, misconception about who's out there. You know, people are like, you never know who's Mm -hmm. out there. I was like, you're out there. 
people just like you <laughs> who love their families and want a peaceful community and who are good people are out there. So let's find those people and change That's true. like who's out there. So yeah. I like that. Thank you. I like that a lot. I mean, wow, this uh, this app I think is so revolutionary. It it really it touches on so many different points that you don't necessarily have to feel like it it doesn't it it, it won't work for you. You know, um I mean, from the point where you talked about the whole village aspect, you know, that it's able to not just reach your circle but also now it could it could potentially uh, speak to, to to your neighbors and to those around and building those bridges between each other. And then also the fact that it doesn't keep you as a time waster on your phone, because that's one of the things that many apps do is it, it, it keeps you just glued to that screen. But to allow for this app to now be a way for you to connect to your communities, I think that is, is phenomenal. And I think it's, it, it will go a very long way with the vision that you have with, with the village. But I got to ask the question because I think it's, it's important for us to see this, especially when it comes to the concept of making a difference. Everyone has a good idea, Ashley. Everyone gets those, those million or billion dollar ideas, but not everyone necessarily acts on it. And so what do you feel was the, the push or, or, the understanding that you had in your mind that you knew this had to get done. What is it that caused you to get forward in that, in that, in that way? Yeah, great question. So I think just constantly talking to, you know, fellow moms um, mm. about, you know, and, and this also highlights the, the falseness of current social media. For example, like I would mm. see my friend post a picture of her kids at the park. And they were having a great day. And, you know, there I am, you know, my kids are screaming in the background and I'm like, oh, it looks like she's having such a great day today. So I would message her and be like, oh, like, how's your day going? And immediately it's terrible. The kids are misbehaving. They're not listening, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, that's not what I got from what you posted there. And so there's this big disconnect. And I think that's really affecting our mental health, right? Because you're getting the highlight Mm. of everybody's life and you're getting the one snapshot. And there's plenty of times where I could have snapped a half a second happy picture of my family and posted it and being like, Oh, like loving the, like loving the sunshine, but that's not reality. Mm. And, and so I really try to stay away from that. So it's really talking to people. It's not what you see posted because I think that um, people are just posting, you know, things that uh, want to create envy or jealousy or look at my life kind of thing. And yeah. so talking with these moms and being like, you know, I just, had a terrible day. And I was like, well, why didn't you tell me? Like, why were you struggling so hard quietly? Like I would have taken your kid Mm. while you had to go to the appointment and also seeing the guilt that not only moms, but like parents and other people just have about asking for help. So I always offer, like, if you have an appointment to go to, I'll watch your kids for a few hours. You know, I have four, what's one more. I really don't care. You know, they just all kind of blend in at this point. And and a couple friends, not often, but a couple times people have actually taken me up on that. And, you know, they drop them Mm. off. They're like, oh, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. I'm sorry. I'll only be like 45 minutes and I'll be right back. And I was like, it's okay. Like I offered you help. So there's something that needs to change in that accepting help as well. And being able to graciously accept it without feeling the need to pay somebody back or, um, you know, apologize profusely or justify why you need that help. So just seeing like that within my community 
I was like, there has to be a better mm-hmm. way that we can, you know, just be ourselves using technology though, because I don't think technology yeah. is going anywhere. We, I think we can all agree no, on that. Never do. Um, but I think yeah. it's important to do more ethical, purposeful technology that actually isn't about making money, okay. isn't about, you know, who can look the best or sell whatever. It's about actually using it in, in a more purposeful, um, good way. And you're you're being you're speaking truth to to who you are because even on your bio it says how you're not the Instagram perfect family you keep it real you know <laughs> and and the truth is like a lot of us you know we we post what we want people to see but we go through a lot of difficulties as a, as a family in our marriages with our kids in our jobs everything but we just want to post what what looks good and so. I I I'm I'm feeling you when you when you sh- when you share that because it it really shows the fact that you know we do need community we do need people um and and you made this mention the fact that we need to not fear asking for help how do you feel like we can get there because I think it's a problem that many of us have where it, we don't want it's like we don't want to owe someone for for what they have done for us so how does society get to that place where people can just ask open-endedly. And of course, we don't want people to to feel as though, you know, they can just be complete takers. But, you know, you're in a serious predicament. You need help, willing to ask for that help without it having to be this fear that comes alongside of it. Yeah. So there's a couple things that I like to say, because um, I do often meet that question, you know, like, oh, I don't, I kind of feel awkward asking for help. I don't know who to ask for help. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know who, um, if I want to do that. And so there's a couple of things that I like to say. The first thing is asking for help is like a muscle. The more you exercise it, the easier it gets. Like it's like an exercise, right? So the more you yeah. ask for help, it just, it doesn't feel, um, as difficult the next time. And it, especially if you're getting those responses, right? It, obviously it's mm-hmm. a little more difficult if you keep hitting walls and people saying no, then you kind of tend to shut down and say, no, I don't want to ask for help. But the other thing I say to people is, you know, I ask, would you ask a friend for help? And they say, you know, they him and they haw. And I said, would you help a friend if they asked? And nobody ever hesitates. Mm-hmm. Everyone says, yes, absolutely. And I was like, that's how your friends feel about you. So never feel like you're a burden because like they want to help you as much as you'd want to help them. And if someone is having difficulty asking for help, I recommend offering at first, mm-hmm. offering and reflecting on your own feelings. Like how did that feel when I offered to, you know, bring their garbage in when they were on vacation. You know, that felt really good to me. Do I feel like they owe me anything? No, it was just something that I offered to do and I felt good about doing. So being like, well, maybe that's how people feel about me when I ask, ask for help. I love that. I, I really I love that concept because I think it's important for us to understand. And um, I, I like the way that you said that too, how, for instance, you know, if you would help people most likely most of your friends will want to help you you know that that could already help us to move away from our fear so thank you for that perspective because i i even believe that's something that's hard for me i I have a hard time asking for for help depending on what it's for or or um asking certain people you know but it's 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 a good thing for us to to remember that we're here for each other and it kind of brings me to the next point. You know, you, you bring this whole concept of, 
you know, it takes a village into your into your app, into your your vision for this. And so my, my question more so for you is what what do you think has actually happened to society that has made us more isolated rather than being more um village like or community community oriented? We've become so individualistic and and what can we do to repair that? Or what can we do or what do you think has caused that to be a problem first before we even get to the repair? Yeah. Um, so it's, I feel like my entire kind of adult life has been shifted towards, you know, this individualistic attitude, I think more so. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, I don't want to always be blaming social media, but I think that has brought it um, to light yeah. for sure. I think, you know, it started as far back as, you know, the American dream, you know, or the North American dream mm. and the the idea that you wanted to have things and things meant, um, you know, status and status mm-hmm. meant better. And so it's this like competition and instead of community and we've, yeah, we've really replaced community with a competition and everybody wanted to have the, you know, the single family home with the fence and the pool and like their own lawnmower and all that. And and we've achieved that. And so because we are independent, we are now individualistic. You know, I don't need to ask my neighbor to borrow their lawnmower because I have my own, you know, I don't need Mm -hmm. to, ask anybody for um, babysitting because I can afford it myself, you know? So, so that kind of stuff I think definitely has brought about less of a community because we just don't think about relying on, on each other anymore because we want to be better than each other. And if we're asking for help from somebody, it means that we are vulnerable and, and it puts us in a position of not looking like we have it all together. And then social media has just put that into hyperspeed that, you know, if I don't live up to whatever my, my profile says or whatever my perfect family looks like, then I must not, you know, be, um, as good a person or I must not be as worthy. Mm. And, and I think, you know, I think we've hit this peak and maybe the pandemic has, has brought it on as well, where where we can't continue on going that way. And I've also in the last few years, you know, really shifted my own mentality to be more minimalistic in the sense of like purchases, Mm -hmm. because I think consumerism just, you know, feeds us, you know, you are not cool unless you have those running shoes, you are not, you know, important if you unless you drive drive like an expensive vehicle and so it's Mm -hmm. breeding this this deep envy and a need for more 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 and when you step back and you're like you know what i am just happy to have what i have and all this stuff is actually just weighing me down all of this stuff Mm -hmm. is just taking my time because now i'm having to organize it and clean it and move it and trip over it and and all that kind of stuff so now i've replaced people with all this stuff and obviously your stuff doesn't give you back um what what a person would do and again the need for perfection is definitely before before the twins um if someone was coming over over to my house like if we were hosting a birthday party or something i'd be scrubbing that house like top to bottom you know stressing everybody out it's my son's birthday and i'm like yelling at everybody to like get out because i need to maintain that i am the mom who throws the best birthday parties and has the best decorations mm-hmm. and the best themes and my bathrooms are perfectly clean and all that. And once you kind of step aside from that and re- kind of choose people over perfection, it just is so 
much more relaxing. It's just such a nice place to be. And when I see somebody driving a fancy car, um, I don't, I don't envy them. I'm like, that's good for them if they can afford that. Maybe they're in debt because of it, but I drive a really cheap $4,000 van and I have nothing to prove to anybody because I like I have four kids who am I trying to, you know, prove I have no competition. And so when I'm pulling up to the playground um, in that, I'm not, you know, I'm not being like, I'm better than you. I don't have that mentality. I'm like, we're all Mm. just, you know, and I think when, when you take away again, that competition is you can have community again because you can just accept people. And once you start accepting people, it breeds empathy, right? And and the empathy for, for people is where community is. Because when you when you know somebody and you know their struggles, you have empathy for them and you can understand why they might yeah. be making those choices that they are, even if you don't yeah. agree with them. And then you can um, assist them or be there for them or do whatever for them because you mm-hmm. understand them. A little bit more. So yeah, I, I don't know that there's a one silver bullet solution when it comes, but I right. think it's just, you know, perspective taking. I'm really big on perspective taking. So mm-hmm. um, I, I used this example the other day when I was talking to somebody, it was, I was driving behind somebody going very slow. And I was like, I'm always late. I'm always in a rush. <laughs> and I'm like, why is this person going so really slow? They're going... Bold. 40 kilometers in a 50 zone like come on and you just feel yourself getting like more frustrated and you're like how could they be doing Mm -hmm. this to me and Mm -hmm. you're like well wait a second you know let's do some perspective taking you know maybe this is someone who is bringing a new baby home home for the first time and it's nerve-wracking maybe they're carrying a fish tank you know and they they can't drive so maybe this is the first time driving since their car accident and then when you start perspective taking you're your anger just kind of dissipates and you just have an understanding for that person a little bit more. And maybe they're just Mm -hmm. a notoriously slow driver. I don't mean to make excuses for people because I think some people just have bad behavior and we we don't have to excuse that all the time. But for my own sake, just, you know, perspective taking just really helps in dealing with, um, you know, any annoyance and allows me to just be more welcoming um, to people. And, And I definitely felt, you know, with having, um, my, my first son, uh, I remember reading something saying parenting is competitive sport. And that's what it felt like, you know, like I'm feeding my baby the best organics. I'm exclusively breastfeeding him till this age. He has the best clothes, you know, and, and like, you're like, oh, and he's like walking before a year and, and all this kind of stuff. And then as you kind of drop that, you're just like, no, we're all just doing the best that we can. And whether you formula feed or breastfeed, that's you are making the best decisions for your family. And I, yeah. although whatever your decisions are, might not always agree with them. I support you because I support you, you know, mm. and, and I will be there for you and help you in any way that I can. It's amazing. I, I, <laughs> I went on my phone to make sure that I grabbed some of those statements and quotes that you made. Cause they were so <laughs> like gem worthy. Like I, Oh my goodness. Like this, that whole, that whole um, concept that you just talked about perspective taking my goodness. I, I know I need to do better in that in myself, especially on the road. I try my <laughs> best at other, <laughs> I try my best in other areas, but I know for sure on the road, I need to be a lot better perspective taken, but there were some things that you said there 
um, when it comes to choose people over perfection, I really I resonated with that because it's so it's so important for us to remember. I, I mean, I tell people this all the time: um, progression over perfection. But when you even said when you put in the people over perfection, it's to show that man, you know, we're here for you, no matter where you are in life, no matter what's causing you to be in the predicament that you find yourself in. And I mean, even even going to a little bit more of a spiritual concept, isn't that what Christ did for us? He didn't want us to be perfect. He just saw us as people and came for us. And so I've, I found that very, very powerful. And then you said also we replace community with competition. We don't rely on each other because we want to be better than each other. I, when I saw that, when I heard that, sorry, it just, I see it everywhere. I see it in in our workplace. I see it sometimes even between families and siblings. We see it between friends. We see it between strangers. We see it between like every place that we that we walk in this world. And how much more would it be if I just saw you as a person who I just know I want to help, I want to resonate with, and I want I don't want to compete with you. I just wanna I want to help you. Or I want to be just be there for you. And so I, I really, I really appreciate your mindset. I think your mindset is even is is greater than I even because I remember our first conversation and I, and and it, just being able to to sit and and to hear you on this, uh, I, I think is is quite phenomenal. And so to know that you're at the helm of such an app that is village oriented, it makes sense that we're able to to see power in through the app with a, with a person who's at the helm like yourself. So I just really want to, just want to highlight that about you. And, and I'm really grateful for, for your vision with this is, is, is the app on, is it, is it beta tested or is it something that people can use currently at this moment? So we uh, are in our first external test group. So we're in beta right now mm-hmm. um, with just friends and family and we have a plan okay. to launch locally uh, in May, hopefully, um, with just a pilot project awesome. of 2000 people, because we really do, you know, we have a hypothesis of how people are going to use this, but we want to understand mm-hmm. how they actually are going to use that, what features um, mm-hmm. they like, what feedback they have for us. So um, after that pilot project, then we're going to really um you know, take that feedback and build out our fully commercial product. The I believe when we go into that pilot project, it will be released to everybody into the wild, as mm-hmm. they say. Um, yeah. And yeah. and so anybody will have access at that point. But the real gem of the app will probably come this fall in our full fully commercial uh, launch. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. That's a, that's amazing. I'm really glad to hear that. I'm definitely going to be a supporter of of the Village app. Um, I mean, from the time that I heard it from the beginning, I was like, yeah, this is this is going to be great uh, to hear more and to understand even your vision behind it and your and your viewpoints. Definitely going to be a huge supporter. How do you think that the Village app is going to help society like as we're going to be reconvening together, you know, and, and coming together in a place like uh, throughout COVID? Or how do you even think it, it could help during COVID? Because. Um, Cause I know we can't necessarily, well, technically, you're not, we're not supposed to be going into people's homes. We know, we know North America has a problem with this, but you know, <laughs> how, how does, 
<laughs> how does that help? Um, like, how could the Village app help during COVID and how will it help after COVID? Yeah, great question. So, um, I mean, we're not tone deaf, obviously, to the pandemic. Um, we sure. know that our our kind of statement is come together and the pandemics is very much stay apart. But there are definitely ways to use Village during that. And um, I think people at the very beginning of COVID kind of tried to quasi do that um, using current social media. And I feel that that's kind of fallen mm. the wayside, kind of like everything with COVID is that nobody really wants to hear about it anymore, but it doesn't change the fact that it's actually still here. Um, so yeah, yeah. definitely um, asking for help still from your, your, your circles about, um, sure. you know, what you need in a socially distanced way. So if that's groceries dropped off um, or mm. your lawn mode or, or, or things like that, um, and you can definitely start making those connections within your neighborhood. You know, just uh, we have a chat feature. So if you want to explore mm -hmm. the people in your neighborhood, um, start chatting, go on a socially distanced walk if you feel comfortable doing that. Um, and also, um, I find that a lot of people have been uh, put in a financial hardship because of COVID, right? And so some people who might mm. have never asked for anything before are now in positions of asking. And and I always feel bad because when I do see these posts, and I see dozens and dozens of days uh, a day on um, the groups I'm a part of, it always starts with this long apology and this justification of like, I'm sorry, I don't usually ask for help, but we're just in this predicament because A, B, and C. Yeah. And I'm like, you don't, you shouldn't have to like, put all that out there just yeah. to ask for diapers because you can't make it to payday, you know? And yeah. so, um, and there are a lot of people on those groups who do want to help, but logistics are a problem. So I want to help mm. somebody, but I'm not necessarily willing to drive across town to help them. I'm not willing to drive across town to drop off these diapers when I have my own family that I would have to load up. But if there was a mom in my mm. neighborhood, I would definitely walk to her house or she could walk to mine and I could leave some diapers on the porch or some food or whatever, um, they might need. So yeah, I think um, there's definitely still a lot of you can't explore the full features, but there's definitely still a lot of room for that that helping aspect during COVID. Mm -hmm. And then afterwards, I think people are going to be craving community, right? We've been away from from each other for so long, we're craving community yeah. right now, and people are going to be okay. Yeah. I have spent so many times on Zoom and all these other platforms, that I just want to see someone face to face. So it's it's not yeah. only about like asking for help, but we also have, you know, if you're going for um, a run and you want your friends to meet up and you're going to go anyway, um, you can just send out a broadcast or uh, offer to your friends that you're having an event and say, I'm going for a run at 10 o'clock at this place. And then everyone can just say that they're coming or not. And it just, again, gets you off your phone. There's not the excuse of like, oh, I can't come because I'm working or yes, I'd like to come and I have my new shoes, you know, and going through all that is just to the point and leave those conversations for when you meet up with that person. Get there. Yeah. Yeah. Like so there's so many, and I, I think we haven't even explored it. And I'm always looking at it from a lens of obviously parenting because that's my um, biggest need, but there's so many other, mm. other options for, um, single people who want to do like ride sharing and meal sharing to borrowing items. Like, um, I like the, the idea or uh, the example of, um, last year, my husband drove 20 minutes across town to his parents' place to borrow a pressure washer, um, mm -hmm. and then brought it to our house, did the driveway and then drove it back to return it. And the next day our neighbors opened their garage and started using their pressure washer. And I'm like, you know, we totally could have just borrowed that. Like, why are we like 
you know, driving and inconveniencing. So yeah, we're really trying to bring in that hyper locality and really getting to know mm -hmm. like who's around you and leveraging each other. I like to say like we village helps to use our most abundant resource, each other. Like we're just not yeah. tapping into mm -hmm. each other anymore. We're, we're always looking towards services and these government services mm -hmm. and these programs and the organizations are so over tapped that they they don't have room for everybody. And even if they do, you have to fill out forms and fit into criteria. And for someone like me, who's not single, low income, you know, a young mom or anything like that, I don't fit into any of these program criteria. but mm -hmm. I could still benefit from a break. You know, I could still benefit from somebody yeah. helping. And I don't always want to be asking um, my family uh, because they have, they work full time and they have commitments of their own. And, and yeah. so when we kind of spread that load more evenly, it doesn't feel so heavy because I really think that's why parenting feels so heavy these days is because we're trying to divide it by two and or one mm. in, in some cases. And we're, we're all trying to, you know, balance this and it never feels equal. And then relationships start to break down because, you know, you're not doing this and I'm doing more than you and, and everybody feels unappreciated. But if we start dividing that that load a little bit more, then everybody feels a little bit lighter and they're able to just accomplish things a little bit easier it takes a village it does <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like as as simple as that is it's just so profound and the, the thing is the the truth is like your your app is not necessarily some crazy technologically advanced app however it is so impactful it is so is is going to make i believe it's going to make huge waves in in our societies and how we are able to to work together to to cater to each other to help each other and to just be there for each other i mean i didn't even think about that concept that you were just like hey i want to go for a run at at 5 p.m if anyone wants to go for a run like i didn't even think about that concept for the app but it's there and so it, it really is the village. It brings us all together. And I believe that it's, it's, it's so, I'm ready. I'm ready to use it. I'm ready to, to get it Me? going. Like yes. I'm ready to, to, like, I'm, I'm here for it. I'm here for all the support. I'm here to get this thing launched. Like whatever I need to do. Can people donate to like, like, is there anything that you're doing in that sense where, where you're accepting donations or? No, we're not doing, we're just, uh, you know, investment for sure. I think the best thing for people okay. to do to, to get involved, um, is, um, from a very simple standpoint is, you know, talk about it, share it, um, mm. you know, all that kind of stuff. I think talking, um, to someone one-on-one -on -one goes a lot further than, you know, just sharing a post because I think we're so bombarded and although we appreciate that and that yeah. does do something. I think just talking about it and planting those seeds so that when it does launch yeah. that people are like, Oh yeah, I heard about this. And they're more, it's not the first time that, that they're hearing about it. Um, and then, you know, we are looking for partnerships with organizations to help mm -hmm. us, you know, launch this so that when we do hit the ground is that we have a large organic network that we're able to tap into. So if people have, you know, ties to um, nonprofits or churches or groups that, are um, innately, you know, have people who, who want to help um, that they could send like an e-blast out to or have a platform to share it on or anything like that yeah. is, is so appreciated because that's what we need right now. We need to get the word out there that like Village is here to like rebuild our communities.
Yeah, all right. and that's that's huge, and and um definitely like uh, organizations who are listening to this podcast right now, you know, take the time to check out uh, the Village app. Where can we find you? Where can we get you on the website? How can people make sure that they know? Hey, this is where you are, and this is where they can they can get to exactly. Yeah, so our website is www.thevillageapp.co, so C-O. Um, and then we're on okay. Instagram and Facebook at thevillageapp.co. Um, and if you just okay. message through there, I'm the one behind it. So you'll get me um, if anybody messages. And I'm very prompt at my messages. <laughs> I don't like to leave anybody that, hanging. That you are. <laughs> that you are. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I've definitely, every time I reach out to you, you've, you've definitely been yeah. prompt in how you come back. So I, I really appreciate that. My mom has taught uh, me customer service. That is like number one. You'll never you get go. any better customer service than you get from my mom. <laughs> so I, there yeah. There you go. Well, one of the things that we like to do here as well on Madcasters are practical elements that people can take because, you know, you're you're a difference maker in our society. You are making a major impact and you're going to be impacting thousands of lives, millions of lives as, as this app continues. No, hopefully I, I'm putting those numbers out because I see it. And so I, I see that this app will definitely change. Uh, the way we do life here in North America and hopefully around the world. And so I believe it's going to impact millions. And and so one of the things that we want to teach are, are um, practical elements or steps that people can take to take those initiatives to make a difference, you know, because they might not necessarily build an app like you, but they might need to reach out to, uh, uh, you know, um, nonprofit organizations or or maybe start their own organization or start a new partnership or whatever the case may be in order for them to impact the world around them. And so what steps or, or what would you give as a practical tip to someone who's eager to make a difference, but doesn't necessarily know how? Yeah. So I think, you know, people can get easily overwhelmed by, you know, this making a difference seems like such a huge task, right? Like, how can I possibly make a difference? I'm just one person. And, you know, you can't, you know, make a difference for everybody, but you can make a difference for somebody. So just keeping it small um, and offering that help in a way that actually feels like you want to help that person. So, you know, um, if someone just, you know, broke their leg, went through surgery, had a baby, moved, divorced, whatever the life changing thing is for them at that time is offer help mm-hmm. instead of saying, let me know how I can help offer it in a way of saying, you know, I- I'm free on Wednesday at 10. I'd like to help you. What can I do? And that feels very mm-hmm. tangible and feels very like not just open ended. Let me know how I can help you. Although that's a very nice yeah. offer. It-, it just feels too polite almost. And that's what I found um, when people were offering me help is I was more likely to take it from the people who said, I'm free on on Tuesday and I bring you over a meal. What can I bring you? Like there was no arguing with that because we we want to Mm -hmm. please people. And so we want to accept people's offers. So yeah, I definitely Mm -hmm. um, think that. And then also um, I remember one my one friend, she was folding my laundry. And of course, uh, I was like, oh, you don't have to do that, right? Because you, you don't want to impose on anybody. And she looked at me and she says, I know I don't have to, but I want to. And that yeah. just like allowed me to, you know, and so just making it okay for people to ask for help. Um, and then um, showing gratitude when someone does help you, because I think that's mm-hmm. super important too. And we're going to have that built in later, um, some built in gratitude in the app 
um, on our full version, because I'm not sure if you've ever held a door open for somebody and they didn't say thank you or let somebody in traffic and they didn't wave to you. You're like, I'm not helping you anymore. Like that doesn't feel good, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but even just a smile or a nod, and you're like, yeah, like that. I'm gonna do that again. So just making sure that whoever does help you to make sure that you know you're showing gratitude and then not in an over the top way, a, a thank you or or something like that. I think sometimes if people are too like like over and over, you're like, yes, I get it. You're welcome. Like you don't have to keep keep thanking yeah. me. It, it wasn't wasn't that um, big of deal. So yeah, and I think just you know starting small that you know. You, you aren't necessarily going to change the world, but you could change somebody's world. So just yeah. looking at there's posts everywhere that um, depending what groups you're a part of, we have some local ones called like people helping people. And, you know, just answering mm-hmm. a couple of those posts and those can even become overwhelming because I, I even see like um, people posting on there. And at first you want to help everybody. You're like, I ha- like I, I could if I really tried hard enough and you're like, that's like, that's going to be too much for me, right? Yeah. So if I could just help this one person this week or this month or today, then start with that. Just start small mm-hmm. and then you never know um, where it's going to go from there or how you've impacted that that one person. And it's this these micro connections, this micro kindness that really, if we were all doing these little micro kind actions, that that is what's going to change the world. That's what's going to move the mm-hmm. needle towards a kinder culture. It takes all of us, not just one of us trying really, really hard. I love that. I love that. This, this, uh, you're, honestly, you're giving me some amazing <laughs> answers. And I just every single time, I'm just like, oh man, Ashley Stone. I have a lot of time to think. You. <laughs> <laughs> Are you still a nurse, by the way? I am. Right I now? was just doing COVID vaccines uh, yesterday. Yeah. So you're a nurse and you're still building this. Um, yeah. I mean, basically, both full time. Yeah, it, it, wow. it gets, it's a little bit busy. This week's quite busy. Um, and then my husband's leaving for work, um, in a few hours here for, uh, 10 days. Mm-hmm. So it's gonna, what does he do? He's a welder. Yeah. Okay. So he has to go out into like, uh, he goes into, um, like shutdown mills, like the, the mills that are run by boilers. Okay. Uh, he goes in to repair them. And so it's, gotcha. yeah, he, he's, uh, home for big chunks of time, but also gone for big chunks of time. It works uh, for us right now. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's there you go. A lot uh, to balance sometimes, but I asked for help. Mm-hmm. To figure it out. There you go. <laughs> I, I guess my last question for you too, um, before we, we kind of wrap this up too, is um, the mere fact that you are still a nurse and, and you, you, you're, you're doing this full time, but you also have built, been building this app since uh, January of 2020 you know, you truly are an entrepreneur. You're you're self starter. <laughs> like as much as you try to run away from yeah. it, you ended up. Coming it's in right my blood. I can't get away from it. it didn't so, me. so my question for you, I guess, you know, how does someone become a self starter like yourself? You know, how did they get to that position? What what's the mindset that they need? What are some of the practical tips or elements that they would need to follow? Like, how do you become a self starter? Yeah. So I kind of have um, a personal motto that is don't complain about it until you've tried to fix it. So if Mm. you have something in your life that is um, really like troublesome, I'm sure it's not just troublesome for you. I'm sure other people. And so think of a solution Mm -hmm. or what is your current solution that you're, you're, you're trying to, to solve this problem with. And I honestly, I think again, with my, my upbringing, I just never, no one ever told me I couldn't. So that was never a, an idea in my mind. My, my parents are problem solvers. Um, my whole family is. So just carrying that mentality of like, let's just try. 
And it doesn't really cost anything to try. Eventually, if you're building stuff, um, but if you do it smart enough, you can you can do it in a way that's um, not taking up too much of your your expenses. But yeah, I just think, you know, try just start. You know, I um, Google is amazing. You can learn anything on Google if you want to. Right. Like in YouTube. So if if you know, I don't know how to code and I fortunately have a team who is coding, but you know, I didn't know how to build a business plan. I didn't know how to build wireframes. I didn't even know half this lingo. What the heck's data? Like, I don't know. And so just Mm -hmm. learning and being that, um, learner, because I really felt too, that, um, years ago I had a very fixed mindset, you know, you either know Mm -hmm. it or you don't. And if you don't know it, you fake it. And to say that you were wrong or you didn't know, or tell me more about that or, you know, I'm not an expert on that situation was not something you could say, you had to like figure it mm. out afterwards. So I think I've really changed to that growth mindset where I'm like, Oh, I don't know what that means. Could you tell me or let me write that down, and I'll figure it out on, on my own. So I think if you're if you're passionate about mm. something, um, and you think that you have a viable solution is just, you know, start asking the questions, start learning, start, you know, googling, and I, I'm not a reader, I don't have patience to, you know, read long books or articles about these things. So I basically am just like, yeah, I think I got it. And then I go and do it. And then if that's not at all it, somebody's going to tell me that's not at all it. And then I just fix it, you, it <laughs> you know, <Yeah. laughs> uh, awesome. and you just go, go for it. So yeah, I think there's just such a vast amount of knowledge out there that you could just tap mm-hmm. into it and you can essentially be anything and do anything because there's so many people who've gone before you to do, do that. So although they're doing something different, um, then you, you could, you would just figure it out, just start. And yeah, I just think that that's always been my mentality is if there's a problem, just fix it and you'll figure it out along yeah. the way and not being afraid to fail, obviously, because that was a huge thing too. It's like, Oh my God, I failed at this like one thing. And it's like, Oh my goodness. I, I hear no on like the daily from people. So <laughs> you're just like, okay, keep on going. So just having that confidence, oh, yeah. um, behind, behind it, but also being smart of not being blindly confident about being like, well, this is the best idea. And if everybody's telling you that it's not, then maybe you want to, you want to change that a little bit. So yeah, just, just go for it is, is my thing. And I think in, I've been fortunate enough too, is because I do work as a nurse and I work casually. Um, and that my husband is home for long periods of time. It has allowed me the space because I don't think that if I worked Mm -hmm. Friday and had a family and all that kind of stuff, that it would be as easy to pursue what I'm pursuing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. Actually, Stone, honestly, it's been a it's been a major pleasure having this conversation with you. Uh, understanding once again the the vision behind the Village app, seeing how it is being formulated and how you want to impact the world around us. I think it's it's truly phenomenal. I'm really happy we were able to get you onto this podcast and um, giving us the tools, the tips uh, as to how you've done it, but also how we can also make a difference in the world as well. Is there anything else you want to leave with us before we leave? No, I just wanted to say thank you so much for um, having me and also being our cheerleader. I mean, you are a true believer and we need more people um, like yeah. you because it's going to take um, people just like you who, who see this um, and see it to be yeah. such a positive thing to, to make it that. So I really, really appreciate um, your your cheering for us. Absolutely. I'll get your pom-poms. I got you. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> I'll cheerlead for you guys because I, I do really believe in your mission and your vision. And so we're here for you definitely in that regard. And uh, once again, thank you so much. 
um, what people find them on on www.villageapp.co as well as at Village App the Village Co. App on the Village App Co on Instagram and Facebook. Reach out, you know, reach out to the founders um, and see what they're all about. I mean, you've got this whole episode, but check them out completely. Follow them and follow their journey. They're getting ready to launch this soon, so. Uh, if you see value in this, if you if you see the inspiration and in how she's making this happen for this world, uh, be a part of this journey now. Don't wait another two, three years, and then it's blowing up, and you're like, oh, well, you know, I'll get in. No, if you're listening to this and you see the value, come support, and let's, let's let as many people know as possible for this village app and what they're doing, and let's get this work going, because I believe it's going to change the world. Thank you again, Ashley. Much appreciated and have a wonderful day. You too. Thank you. Thank you for tuning into today's episode of Madcasters with your host, Brian St. Louis. Please remember, do what you are called to bring into this world. Someone's life depends on your willingness to obey your calling. You are special and you have something positive to bring to this world that no one else can. Every Thursday at 5 a.m. Eastern Time, a new episode will be ready for you to listen and grow from. Be sure to subscribe to Madcasters on your favorite podcast platform. Follow us on Instagram at Madcasters. Support the podcast through patreon.com backslash Madcasters. Because together, we can make the difference in order to change the world.